All right, everybody. Uh, welcome into the Michael Likes Stuff podcast. I'm really excited that you choose to spend your time with me. Thank you so much. It means the world. Uh, me and Joel talked again today about uh, our March Madness bracket featuring episodes of The Office uh, as uh, Twitter polls took the number from 32 down to 16. We talked about those matchups, how they went down, and previewed the next two uh, matchups, which will I will be posting on Twitter for you to vote on. So you will be able to vote on the Sweet 16 matchups, and then you will be able to vote on the Elite 8 matchups before we do another podcast previewing the Final Four, uh, which we will be doing some more deep dives into the Final Four episodes. Uh, thank you so much for listening today. I just wanted to say uh, Wednesday's episode of Survivor was awesome. I really, really enjoyed it. If you're not watching Survivor, um, now is a great time when you're stuck at home. You can watch uh, old seasons in their entirety commercial free on Amazon Prime. If you don't know where to start with that, I would start with uh, if, if you're not going to go super, super deep. I would just start with season 20, Heroes versus Villains. It's a great way to start, and a few of those characters uh, are back on this season. So if you just want a primer uh, to get into present-day Survivor, that would be good. Uh, and some more recent seasons that are awesome, if you want to get into those, uh, I would say uh, David vs. Goliath was a great season. Game Changers was a great season. And... Um, yeah, Edge of Extinction was not great, uh, but it was slightly better um, than Island of the Idols. But as I say, every season of Survivor is a great season. Someday I will have no new Survivors to watch, and I will be a sad boy. So uh, that said, um, I don't want to spoil this last episode because it was pretty recent. Uh, but thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, Joel and I had an awesome conversation, and I think you will enjoy it. So stick around. Also, uh, stick around to the way end if you want to hear me and Joel do some really deep cuts on uh, Vanderbilt basketball since 2000, um, just naming players off and having a good time with that. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, take care, stay safe, wash your hands, and Enjoy this podcast. Thanks. All right, everybody, welcome in to the office madness. And I am joined by my brother, Joel Klinger. Hello. Hello over there. You doing all right, Joel? I am doing all right. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay, man. Uh, I slept in pretty late. Didn't get out of bed till pretty late. Uh, I'm afraid that that is uh, the way that things are going to be going for a while. Yeah, and I think that, but I think quarantine—that's the best you can do. Like, if you're sleeping, that's great time. You know that you don't have to spend mindlessly watching Netflix or something. So, I don't know. Those are my thoughts about it. Yeah. But so you're gonna have to start working pretty soon. I am. We're gonna have to go back to work virtually on Monday. Um, which will be interesting. Um, teachers, if you work at a certain school, teachers are not stopping working. 
and also teachers that work at public school are not stopping working. So if you know a teacher out there, just just hug them or, or don't hug them. Just virtually hug them because um, they're great people and they deserve more money. So there you go. That's my pitch. They do. How many hours uh, do you think the average school teacher is going to have to work with the online more or less than normal? Uh, for the schools that are doing online, definitely more. Um, it's It's like there's going to be way more lesson planning stuff because we have things like normal stuff that we would take 30 seconds to print out and copy. Um, we now have to send digitally, um, and hope that they, they'd actually do it. Um, and they're they're probably not going to do it. Right. Right. And some of them like don't have printers, so they're just going to have to write it on like sheets of paper. We, we have been highly encouraged to figure out, um, different ways to engage them possibly not on a screen because they don't want them to look at a screen all day they've cut down on you know the amount of time they're supposed to spend on schoolwork because really if you spend an hour of time in class and then some homework that's more than an hour um but that you you can't expect them to do that while they're not there so um really it's going to be a lot more planning and critical thinking on the teacher side to figure out how they could still engage their students outside of the classroom um so definitely more for those that are choosing virtual school. Um, for those that are just canceling classes, it's it's not so much a, a you know a class. It's more like they're stressing about their students. Like a public school, like are they going to eat? And some some teachers are offering their you know services to people that they aren't even stu- they're, they're, to students that they don't even work with. Um, so it's just seeing a, a lot of outpouring of love from the teachers. Um, so just make sure that. You keep it in mind that they are not on vacation either. Um, they're working very hard. So, yeah, there you go. Teachers. Gotta love them. Gotta yeah. love them teachers. Okay. So, thank you, Joel, for joining me uh, remotely today. We are social distancing. Yeah. It's hard not to be able to, like, you know, see your face. But, you know, I imagine it's as beautiful as ever. Yeah, I know. uh I feel like maybe our uh, our chemistry is going to be a little bit off today. What do you think? Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There might be some uh, blurbs and stuff, but uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, our, is our chemistry ever really, like, perfect? You know, is it ever really clicking 100%? Uh, from what I've heard, people are pretty into it. People, people are like, we need more Joel on the pod and all that stuff. Like, why doesn't Joel oh, wow. have his own podcast and then without you and stuff like that? I don't know. Oh, I, I, okay. Okay, that second part wasn't true, but people did. People, oh. I, I did hear. Uh, we want Joel on a biweekly basis. Is what I was told. Gotcha. Cool, but, cool. Especially with basketball, but uh, we're not on the basketball these days. Well, we are in a way because we're still dealing with brackets. Yes. Uh, we're still dealing with matchups, and that's what we're going to get into today. So, uh, round one took place on Twitter. And thank you if you voted in these. Uh, we had uh, enough votes to get a verdict. Uh, I don't. I haven't. I don't know this for sure. We might have some ties, so we will talk we have, about that. Right. I think we, we have one tie. Yeah, we will cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, we have not talked about that before uh, recording. What we're going to do about that. Um, so, anyways, uh, if you've got your brackets on you, um, or you are following us on Twitter. Um, or you're just listening because uh, you're bored and you want to hang out with a couple of fun guys, that's great. So we're going to be starting in the Annex Quadrant. 
So here's the rundown of what happened in the Annex Quadrant. And the way that we'll do this is we will go quadrant by quadrant, talking about how the first round went and talking about the Sweet 16 matchups. So um, starting off, uh, the one seed, Dinner Party, versus the eight seed, Live in the Dream. Joel, who won this? Dinner Party won, 11 to nothing. Um, so pretty much a, a dominant victory for the uh, powerhouse of an episode of Dinner Party over the ninth season episode, Live in the Dream. You mean the 11, uh, 1100 to nothing. That's how many votes. We had 1100. Uh, that's not what I'm reading, but we can say that if you want. Yes, yes. it was 1100 to nothing. Uh, Dinner Party with an easy victory in the first round. Um, this is not surprising, is it? No, not at all. Um, not surprised to see that Living the Dream got zero votes. Uh, Dinner Party is incredible. So there you go. Uh, Dinner Party has everything I would expect um, an episode to win via Twitter poll. Uh, it's iconic. Um, the name makes you think of the episode. Um, and it's just a, a heavy favorite. So no no surprise there. Uh, we will talk about that uh because they're going to be going up against um, the winner of The Fight and Did I Stutter? So The Fight, Season 2, Episode 6, uh, and Did I Stutter? Season 4, Episode 16. Joel, who won that one? Did I Stutter won 70% of the vote. Um, so Did I Stutter is going to move on. A memorable Stanley moment gets the victory and heads to see Dinner Party in the second round. An upset of sorts. Yeah, it's a five seed over a four, so uh, nothing crazy. Um, and it's one that I honestly saw coming a little bit. Um, did I Sutter is very memorable. The fight, not as memorable. But Did I Sutter is a great episode. Um, the fight is also a good episode. I just don't think it has the name recognition of literally a quote from the, sh- uh, from the episode. So, Yeah, I think if every episode's title was the most memorable quote... Um, the seating might be different, um, and the, the who wins the matchups might be different, you know? Absolutely. I mean, that that would change, like, totally for Casual Friday with Kevin's Chili and everything like that. If they just named that episode Kevin's Chili, like, that would be dominant, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately for Casual Friday and Kevin's Chili, uh, we are not um, ranking these. Ba- these are not seated based on best scene, uh, the best episode is what we're going for here. So um, that will be Did I Stutter and Dinner Party going at it in the Sweet 16 round. Who you got, Joel? Uh, Dinner Party, no questions. Um, Did I Stutter is nice. It's a a nice episode. Um, But Dinner Party is Dinner Party. I see no problem with uh, Michael's flat screen TV moving on in this one. What about you? Uh, I agree. Um, I'm looking forward to Dinner Party uh, making it to the Final Four where we can do a little bit more of a deep dive on that episode. Um, I think that's going to be really fun. Uh, Just a very memorable episode. I don't see it struggling uh, with Did I Stutter in the Sweet 16. All right, let's move on. So moving on, uh, we have Finale, which is the three seed in this bracket. Uh, season 9, episode 27, the obviously last episode of the series, versus uh, the second ever episode of the series, Diversity Day, uh, which was the sixth seed. Now, 
Joel, what happened here? Well, Diversity Day pulled off the upset by one vote, or 100 votes, whatever you want to say, um, but one vote. So the early, one of the earliest episodes takes out the latest episode and an upset of a 3-6. It's one, the Diversity Day is one that I didn't even put in my top 50, and uh, it advances to the second round. Diversity Day is a pure icon. Now, granted, I must say, um, I voted from three different Twitter accounts. All for Diversity Day? No, no, no. I voted two, I think two on Diversity Day and one on Finale. So, essentially, I voted once, if that makes sense. Sure. Okay. So, um, I was just the tiebreaker vote, and Diversity Day moves on. Um, I didn't... I sometimes I did vote all three on the same episode, but those ep- those weren't close. Um, so, anyways, uh, by a hundred votes, Diversity Day takes finale um, by one poll point. Actually, by wait, I can't count by by ten polling points. Fifty four point five percent of the vote, Diversity Day uh, takes the cake. Uh, Joel, are you excited to talk about a, another cringe episode moving forward? I'm not. I don't really want to talk about it. I'm a little upset the finale got kicked off uh, that soon because finale is one of my favorite episodes. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, at March Madness, all the Cinderella's that you want can't move on. All the favorites that you want can't move on. So, you know, whatever. Uh, you, you're, you're excited to talk about it. So I'll let you focus on Diversity Day from here on out. Okay. Uh, finale is a sweet episode. I am sad to see it go because I do think it is in the top 16 episodes. Um, unfortunately, they went up against uh, an underrated Cinderella story in Diversity Day. So uh, the Florida Gulf Coast of this year's bracket, probably. All right. Um, so the winner, Diversity Day, will be going up against the winner of Goodbye, Michael, which is Season 7, Episode 22. As we talked about on the pod before, uh, this episode features... Michael saying goodbye uh, to the office, the office saying goodbye to Michael, and Pam running to uh, say goodbye to Michael at the airport in what is a really sweet episode. Um, And it went up against Gossip, which uh, was one of my at-large bids, uh, a seven seed. And uh, Gossip, once again, features Michael creating rumors about different people in the office so that he'll feel like he is in with the scuttlebutt and uh, he creates some ridiculous rumors, uh, including a rumor that turned out to be true with Pam and Jim uh, being pregnant. And um, he also spread a rumor that Andy was gay, among others, uh, which just created some fun Andy moments. But that said, uh, goodbye, Michael. Uh, took this cake um, by an 81.8% of the vote. We had 1,100 votes. So you can do the math on however many votes that is. Um, but goodbye, Michael. Moving on, Joel, thoughts? I mean, this is one that I saw coming. Uh, you put Gossip on as one of your uh, at-large bids. Um, goodbye, Michael's a classic episode. Gossip, not so much. So goodbye, Michael moves on. It's a, it's a heartfelt episode, and uh, I, don't, I really never thought that Gossip stood a chance. Um, so... So that's pretty clear cut for me. Uh, why Goodbye Michael is going to move on to face diversity day. And I think this is going to be a pretty spicy matchup. Goodbye Michael versus diversity day. Uh, 
two, uh, once again, uh, competing uh, themes in this episode, two different styles of episode here. Um, and I think this is just going to be a really interesting matchup. Uh, we've got the uh, team that wants to pound you in the paint versus the team that's uh, the analytic three-point shooting team. Uh, Joel, who do you think is going to win this one? Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I I don't know that I know that that's I don't know that I agree with you actually. Um, as much as I uh, support Diversity Day, uh, I think Goodbye Michael. I think there are some things that are not in that episode. Um, that I think might get tied up with the send-off of Michael Scott um, and Michael Michael's Last Dundies, um, the episode where they sing the song to him uh, with the minutes. That's actually not in that episode. Um, but if you are... Uh, I think that's in Michael's Last Dundies as well. Um, I think if you're just voting pure Twitter... Uh, poll, uh, and you're not listening to our podcast about what's in the episode and what's not, um, I think that you actually might put Goodbye Michael ahead just because in your mind you're thinking of maybe three episodes in total moments. Like Michael's Last Dundies and stuff? Um, But anyways, I do think that is going to be one of the most intriguing matchups in the Sweet 16. Uh, Diversity Day, a quippy upstart six seed uh, going against Goodbye, Michael, uh, the two seed from this bracket. All right, Joel, that's the Annex Quadrant. Uh, Any overall thoughts about that before we move on? One, as we move forward, um, I think definitely the four most recognizable episodes won. um, And I think that uh, we'll have... We'll have Dan Diversity Day in the the final in this region. So we'll see how that goes. Um, It should be pretty pretty interesting uh a lot of uh seemingly cringe this seems to be the cringe bracket outside of goodbye michael um Mm. so we'll see we'll see what happens with that yeah there we go um so that said let's move on to quadrant two the break room and uh in the break room uh we've got some famous episodes like beach games the fire uh, Office Olympics, Company Picnic, Booze Cruise, Survivor Man, Stress Relief, and Scott's Tots. Wow. This is jam-packed. It is jam-packed. Um, I'm going to be sad to see really any of these episodes go, but uh, you got to do what you got to do. So, the one seed in the break room bracket, Beach Games, Season 3, Episode 22, a very Pam-heavy episode where The Office goes uh to the beach it's not much of a beach but it's like their company picnic day but it's not company picnic you know it's like a branch picnic basically um and uh pam runs across some coals uh she grapples with her affections for jim um just an all an all-around great episode um versus the fire uh that as dwight knows ryan started so, 
Joel, who won this? Beach Games won. Uh, I'm very happy to see Beach Games move on. It got 60% of the vote. Um, and it's it's an outcome that I thought was going to happen. The Fire is, I think that's a pretty recognizable name. Maybe some people thought it was stress relief, and it's not. Um, mm. But maybe, peop- maybe The Fire is just that good of an episode. I mean, I put it on there. I think it's a great episode. Um, but Beach Games comes out on top like I think it should. Um, I do see a little trouble for Beach Games in that it only won by 20 percentage points as a one seed. Um, so that kind of scares me a little bit. But as for now, Beach Games moves on. Yeah, you've really got to question the electability of Beach Games with only a uh, 20 percentage point victory in round one, you know? I, you know, I'm just not sure if it's viable, you know? I, yeah, I don't know if they're, uh, they're going to make the 15 percent cut. Yeah, we're looking for a vi- only viable candidates to move forward. So um, it's it's in there for now. We'll see if it makes it to the convention. Okay. Uh, next up, we have the 4-5 matchup. Uh, Office Olympics, a four seed, which I would say is a lower seed than they deserved. Um, and Company Picnic, which is a five seed. And I will also say that this is a lower seed than this episode deserved. But it turns out there's a lot of great episodes of this show. Uh, so, Joel, what's the rundown? Uh, Office Olympics gets a, a blowout win over Company Picnic by 60 percentage points. Um, so Office Olympics moves on to face Beach Games. Office Olympics really showing its dominance and its name recognition ability. Um, I think it's pretty clear what happened in Office Olympics by the title Office Olympics. Um, and you know, it's a great episode. You get to see Dwight and Michael have a subplot and then you get to see Jim and Pam work together with the whole office. So, uh, rightfully so office Olympics moves on. Yeah. Uh, office Olympics, a sleeping giant did not perform that well in the regular season. Uh, but now that they're really getting things together at the right time can make a deep run this March. Okay. Let's move on to the... 3-6 matchup, which is a tie. Uh, the three-seed Booze Cruise, uh, Season 2, Episode 11, uh, and Survivor Man, Season 4, Episode 7. Uh, we had 1,600 votes uh, on this matchup, and amazingly, 800 uh, each for each episode. So, uh, Joel, how are we going to do this, bud? Uh, I would just propose that if we each if we both pick the same one um then i think that one should move on is that is do you think that's solid reasoning like we can be the tiebreakers if we yeah, are if we're so unanimous are we gonna caucus i think is we this, could just count to is three this a caucus i think oh, we could just count to three and then say what we think is good is should move on and okay, then move that it, one forward is it gonna be on three or after three after three, it's going to be okay. one, two, three, and then we say the name of the episode. Okay. Are you going to count us down? Yeah, I can. Okay. Okay. One, two, three, Booze, booze Cruise. Cruise. Yes. Hey, there, there we, go. we go. Rhymes Let's with Blues go. Clues. Yeah. Okay, Joel. They're uh, not I, the same thing, though. Blues Clues yeah. and Booze Cruise are, are very different. Yeah, Otherwise, my the, childhood would be very... It's the adult version. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Blues um, Clues for adults. How we go? Um, so, uh, I am sad to see Survivor Man go, uh, but they played above it played above themselves in this tournament, and uh, mad respect 
for that episode. Uh, Booze Cruise is going to be moving on um, against the winner of uh, maybe the most intriguing, iconic first-round matchup that we had, uh, which is Stress Relief, a two-seed, going up against Scott's Tots, a seven-seed. This had the most votes, very opinionated people, uh, voting on this matchup. We had 2,100 votes, um, which is, I, I really thought we would only end up with like, you know, maybe 10 votes per poll, but 2,100 people voted on stress relief versus Scott's Tots. Joel, what happened, man? All right. So let me take you back a couple days ago. Um, I saw this, I saw this, these results, with about an hour left in in the uh, in the in the poll, and uh, I saw that Scott's Tots was up by like twenty percent, and I pushed. So you cre- you created four Twitter accounts, no hundred Twitter accounts. Absolutely not. I put it out there. You know, I I tweeted out first. I said this is insane. Okay, and then I quote tweeted it and said. There's less than an hour left. Make the right decision. And uh, we did. So stress relief comes out on top of Scott's Tots by four percentage points, the closest one that we've had all day. Um, and here we go. Stress relief advances after, over Scott's Tots in a truly, truly buzzer beater fashion. Yeah, I mean, I'm very sad about this because... Uh I wanted to do a deep dive on Scott's tots and we're just not, they're just not going to get there. Uh, so maybe for another time, uh, stress relief, I think has a chance to at least make it into the elite eight. I expect that that episode will beat booze cruise. Uh, but booze cruise has name, uh, uh, recognizability. If that's a word, uh, you know what we educated people do. We just put illity on the ends of, of words. Um, but, uh, yeah, what do you think about Booze Cruise versus Stress Relief? Uh, well, I think if people remember the episodes, I don't think Stress Relief is going to have any problem um, here. Because, I mean, look at the turnout that it got from that one poll. We got 2,100 versus 1,000. That's more than two times the amount of votes. So, I, I'm just... I think stress relief isn't going to have any problems getting by booze crews here after a real nail biter against Scott Stotts, who really probably has just, you know, of if we were comparing these episodes to presidential candidates. Okay. Let's just do that for a second. Okay. I think that, I think that Scott's Tots is like, is like the Bernie Sanders of, of office episodes, you know, a very, a very passionate fan base. Um, and stress relief is like, is like the Joe Biden you know, very solid. You know, a lot of people, if they're just casual, you don't really fans, know what they think about anything. You know, like just make statements that are vague and doesn't really stand for anything. Is that what you mean? Here's what I think is going on. I think people don't want to vote for Scott Stotts because it's awful cringe. So they just look. Okay, what's the most stable episode out here that can beat Scott Stotts in this first round? It was stress relief. So. I think that stress relief got all the moderate vote. Um, it also got all the clean vote. Um, Scott's Tots really has a a cult following of of 
uh, and I'm not I'm not saying that Bernie is, is a cult leader. That's what I'm saying. But it really has just a dedicated fan base. Um, but stress relief, just beat it with a popular vote this time. Um, so there you go. That, so those are I'm, my thoughts. What I'm hearing is that Bernie bros love Scott's tots. Um, and here's the thing. This actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this make even more sense here. Michael Scott was about free college before Bernie, okay? Before Bernie was a presidential <laughs> candidate, okay? He thought, he thought people deserved free college, okay? And I support that. I am pro-free college. Um, if you want to talk to me about how the money works, hit me up, okay? I'm prepared. Um, I am uh, appalled at this outcome uh, and I don't know that I'll be able to vote for stress relief moving forward uh, because I'm so hurt <laughs> about uh, Scott's tots falling out. Uh, although, uh, if it comes down to it, and uh, because Beach Games isn't a terrible candidate, you know, no. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be sad um, if if Beach Games came out of this bracket. Uh, and for that reason, I don't know uh, that I will be able to. Um, vote for stress relief moving forward but uh who's to say uh to me beach games is like uh beach games is like elizabeth warren you know she's she's a solid candidate um and you know i i probably think that you know some people think that she would be the best candidate for president so they go vote for her um but i'm just not sure that she's going to be have the electability of a stress relief um, I'm not sure that she would win the popular vote there. Um, so, in my opinion, Beach Games is is the best episode. So, I'll be voting for Beach Games no matter what. Um, but I do understand that that might not get Beach Games all the way through um, with this bracket that it has in front of it. Okay. Well, well, let's just let's just run through this while we're while we're having a fun time here. Uh, so, if Beach Games is Elizabeth Warren, yes. uh, Let's say that the fire is um, Kamala Harris. Okay. Okay. Uh, Office Olympics is Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> All right. Uh, Company Picnic is Cory Booker. Um, Booze Cruise is Julian Castro. Survivor um, Man is Amy Klobuchar. Survivor Man is Amy Klobuchar. Uh, stress Relief is Joe Biden, and Scott's Tots is Bernie Sanders. Yeah, and uh, we'll get to we'll get to other we'll get to Tulsi Gabbard later in the bracket. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah. T- Tulsi Gabbard didn't make it, uh, <laughs> didn't make it into the top eight here. So, <laughs> sorry, Tulsi, uh, you're weird. Uh, if you're a Tulsi fan, um, hop in my DMs. Uh, explain, explain things to me. Um, other than her wardrobe, you, maybe you're into her wardrobe. I don't know. Okay. So, uh, any further thoughts about Quadrant? To uh, the break room, who do you think is going to be coming out of this bracket? Because we will not talk again until the final four. Um, I think Stress Relief and Beach Games meet in the championship. That's who I want to meet in the championship. And I think if I had it my way, Beach Games would make it out. Um, I think that either Office Olympics or Stress Relief is actually going to make it out. Um, I don't think Beach Games has as much of a chance as um, the other two here, which is disappointing to say out loud. Um, And I'm going to back beach games till I die. Um, But I think stress relief ultimately should make it out um, with, with, with that, with that pulling all the people um, from, from each end of the spectrum together. I think stress relief is going to come out of this bracket. Very good. 
Very good. All right. Um, that said, let's move on to quadrant three. We are rolling through this. Uh, quadrant three is the conference room. Conference room uh, quadrant featured episodes. Uh, Casino night, casual Friday, fun run, Christmas party, broke, Ben Franklin, the Dundies, and the return. So uh, first matchup, we have the one seed in the conference room quadrant, uh, Casino Night, going up against the eight seed, Casual Friday. Joel, how did this shake out? Uh, Casino Night pulls a dominating victory over Casual Friday, 80 to 20 uh, percent, so 60 percentage points. Um, and Casino Night really had no trouble with Casual Friday. To me, again, this is not a shocker. Casual Friday has a great cold open of Kevin dropping the chili. But ultimately, it's the episode that counts, and I'm not a fan of the episode. So, Casino Night gets the win, um, and Casual Friday is sent home. All right. Uh, Casino Night moving forward, as expected. Uh, that takes us to this bracket's 4-5 matchup. Uh, the 4-seed Fun Run, Season 4, Episode 1, versus Christmas Party, the 5-seed, Season 2, Episode 10. Once again, I love Fun Run. Joel, what happened here? Fun Run uh, pulled out the victory here over Christmas Party by 60 percentage points. Uh, people n- apparently not a fan of Christmas Party, and it has me second-guessing the Christmas episode that we put in there. Maybe if we put in Benahana Christmas, it might have had more success. Um, but Or Dwight Christmas. Or Dwight Christmas. Um, you know, that comes in the ninth season, and after uh, the finale has in Living the Dream been voted out, there are no episodes left in our bracket from the eighth or ninth season. I think that's an interesting plot point that we have. Um, it's an interesting storyline. That story should line. be an expected plot point. Um, um, I I didn't expect any, any eighth seasons to be getting this far, and we didn't even put it in our bracket. Um, but I was a little surprised <laughs> that finale um, did not make it very far. And once that happened. Really, ninth season was uh, really done for. Um, but yeah, they're like the SEC of uh, of like season season nine is the SEC of this bracket. Sure. Yeah. Um, Didn't get a lot yeah. of teams in. They wouldn't have gotten far anyways. Yeah. Um. So Christmas party comes away with the loss. So fun run will be moving on. Fun run's a great episode, and it creates a really interesting second round matchup with Casino Night. Yeah, man, I think uh, I think Fun Run might have a chance here. They might get catch fire. I'm I'm encouraged by the eighty uh, percent of the vote that they uh, were able to pull in. They definitely have a good ground game. Um, they're getting people to the polls. So, um, yeah, I'm, I I think Fun Run might might go on a run here. What do you think? I agree with you. Um, I still think there's a chance that Casino Night wins. I think a lot of people that's a nostalgic episode for them when they watch The Office. Um, but fun run, everybody knows fun run, uh, it's a powerhouse. So we'll see, we'll see about that. That should be a good matchup. Sweet. All right, let's, let's move it on. Um, next up matchup, we've got, uh, the three seed from the conference room bracket going up against the six seed. We have, uh, broke going up against Ben Franklin. Um, we got two awesome episodes here, uh, two pretty niche episodes here. Um, broke, uh, comes with the end of the Michael Scott paper company and Ben Franklin, uh, impersonation going. It's just a very niche, Joel, who, who took this one? 
Well, this hurts my heart to say. Um, it really does. Um, but uh, broke the three seed. Comes out on top by 20 percentage points over Ben Franklin. I was happy to see some other people out there voted for Ben Franklin. Um, it makes my heart happy um, knowing that people, so, uh, someone out there had the same had the same reaction to seeing Ben Franklin on the bracket and decided to choose it. Um, it's something that I that I honestly expected broke to to get the victory, um, but broke moves on over Ben Franklin, uh, cult classic. Um, so. Congratulations to Broke, and shout out to Ben Franklin. Rest in peace, my friend. You will be remembered. Pour one out for Ben Franklin tonight, folks. All right. Uh, Next up, we got uh, the two seed in the conference room bracket, the Dundies, going up against the seven seed in the conference room bracket, the return. Joel. So, um... The first at-large bid that I gave out was to the return. And um, if you remember correctly, I put in my favorite bracket that it would go all the way to the championship game. Um, but unfortunately, no one else has uh, has resounded that cry. Um, and I was the lone vote for the return as the Dundies gets a blowout victory over the return and I'm going to choose to believe that that has everything to do with name recognition and nothing to do with actual episode content Um, because the return is incredible Uh, and uh, I guess Andy punching a hole in the wall was not not enough to beat the Dundies for a Pam fan I would have thought I feel God in this Chili's tonight would have been at least enough for you to respect uh, the Dundies episode oh I respect it I respect all these episodes it's just I, the return is so good. It's so good. Um, and there's really nothing, there's nothing the Dundies offers me outside of it just being the Dundies that can put that over the top of, of everything that happens in the return with Staples and Andy and, um, the phone and all that stuff. So disappointing for sure. Um, but I understand it's not a bracket of my opinion. It's a bracket of the people's opinion. So, um, Dundee's moves on to face broke. All right. Um, and Joel, who do you think is going to win that? I think the Dundee's is going to take that pretty easily. What do you think? Yeah. Um, after seeing the results from the first, the first, uh, episode for the first matchup, I think the Dundee's should have no problem with broke. Um, broke almost didn't make it out of the first round. So, um, we'll see, we'll see if they can offer up any, any shot at the Dundee's personally. I don't think there's a way that they can do it. Um, but, We'll see. That's what that's what the tournament's for. So the Dundies moves on, and I think it'll handle. I think it'll handle broke, and it should create a very interesting elite eight matchup with either Fun Run or Casino Night. Yeah, um, I think uh, if I, I personally am hoping that Fun Run is able to come out of this uh, quadrant, that is what I have picked in my bracket. Um, who do you think is going to be coming out of here? You know, I don't know. I think. I think the Dundies may get it. Um, I think whoever matches up with the Dundies in the championship is going to have a tough a tough bout beating the name recognition of the Dundies. Um, and a fun run is definitely recognizable as well, and so is Casino Night. But I think the Dundies transcends just one episode. Um, there are multiple episodes of the Dundies in the office. So I think that the Dundies could make it out uh, completely fine. If I had to choose myself who I think what I think should come out, I would probably choose Casino Night, um, but 
that's just me. That's just for storyline. That's just for um, nostalgic purposes, most likely. So um, it's really interesting, though, in this bracket. There's there's episodes two from season two and one from four and one from five. Um, and, you know, it's the first and last season of season two, episode of season two. Um, so I think there's really interesting dynamic there of um, different stages in the office. A season the first the first episode of season two is basically just an extension of the first season. Um, so I think I think you really get to see different stages and how it transcends and how it transforms itself um, throughout the throughout the seasons. Because um, season five is definitely a different vibe than the first episode of season two. So we'll see how that plays out. Cool deal. Cool deal. All right, that brings us to the last quadrant in our bracket, quadrant four, The Warehouse. Uh, The Warehouse quadrant features episodes Basketball, The Convention, Niagara, Koi Pond, Threat Level Midnight, Email Surveillance, The Injury, and Halloween. So um, we've got some uh, good episodes and uh it looks like it went all chalk here in this quadrant but let's get into each matchup uh first off we had the one seed basketball season one episode five going against the eight seed the convention uh season three episode two uh joel give us a rundown on how that turned out well the basketball one the basketball episode one uh 82% 82% to 18%, so 64 percentage points. Uh, really no trouble with the convention, and I I, didn't, I never foresaw um, any trouble with the convention. So um, I saw on Twitter today that Bomani Jones um, tweeted out that basketball was the only episode of The Office he'd ever seen, and he thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever seen. Um, so... He thought th- it was. He thought the episode was the funniest thing he'd ever seen, and he chose to not watch any more episodes. Correct. Um, that is what he said. Um, so basketball gets the win here. I think that it's just, it's going to be really hard to beat moving forward. Um, and, uh, it'll be a really interesting matchup in the next round. All right. Uh, speaking of the next round, uh, basketball will be going up against, uh, the winner of Niagara, uh, which is season six, episode four and five, uh, and Koi Pond, uh, season six, episode eight. This is the four-five matchup. Uh, so we were thinking we might uh, get a little testy here with the winner, uh, Joel. Uh, who won this one? Niagara comes out on top, seventy-three uh, percent to twenty-seven percent. So Niagara moves on. Jim and Pam's wedding overtakes the funny episode where Michael falls into a koi pond. Um, really, where not Jim much pushed of... Michael into a koi pond. Well, he didn't push him. He just didn't catch him. Um, and, uh, well, you could take that as you may. Um, but, <laughs> um, yeah, so Niagara moves on. Not really much of a of a contest here, and it's something that I saw coming. Um, and it, Niagara has a threat to, is a threat to move on throughout the bracket um, because it's a name-recognizable episode and a good, a generally good episode. Um, so Niagara right. moves on past Koi Pond. Um, and I, I think it, it doesn't like it wasn't the biggest margin of victory um, in the bracket, but Koi Pond is a recognizable episode by name. Um, and I think that that carries some weight um, as we've seen through the bracket. So uh, a 45 point victory uh, for Niagara actually in my book um, means something here. Um, so I, I do think that Niagara has a chance. 
moving forward. Um, but I think basketball is uh, has to be a prohibitive favorite, um, in my opinion, just because of um, its its popularity. There's no other episode you could think of uh, when you think of basketball. It's in the first season, so anyone who ever started watching it on Netflix uh, and maybe fizzled uh, midway through the series, they've seen this episode. So I do think that that holds some weight. Um, and uh, yeah, but Niagara is a great episode. Uh, once again, I love the wedding dancing. Um, sometimes when I'm sad, I just uh, YouTube that clip uh, or Netflix that clip um, just to be happy. So um, moving on, um, we have the three seed in this bracket, Threat Level Midnight, uh, which is Season 7, Episode 17, uh, up against Email Surveillance, which is the Six Seed, Season 2, Episode 9. So uh, these are both great episodes. Uh, Threat Level Midnight, obviously very uh, recognizable. Email Surveillance, um, a fun episode. And there's also a few episodes involving emails um, where people could have gotten this mixed up. But uh, Joel, how did this one turn out? So Threat Level Midnight comes out on top, um, 82, we're getting 82% of the vote, um, just an extremely name-recognizable episode, overtakes email surveillance, uh, really poor showing from email surveillance, we talked about maybe, possibly email surveillance could come out on top, but Threat Level Midnight, um, too much, too much to have uh, to hold for email surveillance, so um, Threat Level Midnight moves on, and it's ultimately, that's, that's an episode that I could see going very far. Um, basically being another um, occult following like that movie probably would have had had it been real. Um, so <laughs> I think Threat Level Midnight uh, is is a threat. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a level level threat, you know. Um, so we'll see what happens from there, but Threat Level Midnight moves on, no problem. All right, and we have the two seed in this bracket, uh, the Injury which is season two, episode 12, uh, in which Michael burns his foot on a George Foreman grill. Uh, Dwight wrecks his car and gets concussion and is being very nice to Pam uh, versus Halloween, which is obviously they're in costumes and the whole deal. Um, this one was not close, was it, Joel? Um, no, it, it was not. Um, and Halloween is the episode where uh, Michael tries to fire Stanley through Dwight and then he tries yes. to fire Creed and then he ends up firing Devin. Um, right. And we talked about uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Um, this is where Tulsi Gabbard comes into play. She is the Halloween <laughs> episode. Um, she received 0% of the delegates from uh, this matchup here with the injury as the injury took all 1,100 votes. Um and you know, you know, I I've thought about this for a while, and I added Halloween as an at-large. Um, and you know, there are aspects of the Halloween episode that I that I think are are funny. They're very, it's a very cringy episode. And I think that when you think about that episode, and when you watch it, um, you know, just like Tulsi Gabbard, there's something there that you're just a little scared of. You know, a little unpredictability um, that you know you don't you're not sure you really want in your episode that you that you want to take with you for the rest of the bracket so um 
I'm just going to say that the injury moves on, no problem here, um, over Halloween uh, and Tulsi Gabbard. So um, there it is. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Halloween is the episode where uh, Creed uh, shows up and he's got blood all over himself. And that, is, that, that is not the right episode. That, that is not the right episode. Is actually murder in the sixth season. And I thought about putting it on here, but murder is the episode where they're talking about going bankrupt or whatever. And uh, then Creed walks in late while Michael is doing the murder mystery party. Oh, and yeah. He walk, and he walks in and he's like, there has been a murder. And Creed's like, all right, let me go tidy up and then I'll be right back. And then he goes and runs out the runs out the door. <laughs> um, and uh, I think I think that when he had blood on him, it was later in, uh, I, think, I think it might have been season seven. Um, but uh, yeah. So Creed, very, very... Creed's all in on these on these murder Halloween episodes, um, but in this episode here in season two, he is only being fired and then talks Michael out of not firing him. So those are the only. That's what happens with Creed in that episode. Gotcha. All right, Joel. Um, so, uh, do you think who's going to win between Threat Level Midnight and the injury? I think Threat Level Midnight's going to win. I really do. Um, I think the injury is a great episode. Michael Scott burns his foot on a George Foreman grill. It's one of my favorite episodes. Um, but so is Threat Level Midnight, and Threat Level Midnight is just um, it's a it's a different it's a different kind of episode. It takes a different angle at things. Um, so I think that Threat Level Midnight actually moves on. Uh, what do you do? You think that as well? I feel like you're going to take the injury in that matchup. Uh, I, personally, I prefer the injury. Uh, this is this is very intriguing to me because these are both highly iconic, name recognizable episodes, um, and I think that um, man, this is this is going to be a tough one. And truly, like, I I feel like I I don't want to misrepresent myself. I don't think Threat Level Midnight is a bad episode. Um, it's definitely a good episode. Just both of these episodes have very hilarious premises um which i think not every episode has a hilarious premise that it's based on uh sometimes the hilarity comes from the characters uh this itself is you know the premise of uh michael his foot being burned on george foreman grill um that's the way the episode starts and and everything happens because of that is very funny uh and then the the premise that Michael has been making a, a feature film uh, for like the past 10 years is also very funny. Um, I think the injury is going to go, but also I could definitely see Threat Level Midnight uh, making a run. Uh, Threat Level Midnight to me is the Houston Rockets of this bracket um, where if they get hot, uh, they could keep it riding it all the way through. Uh, but if they get cold, it could be a dreadful end for them. Fair. So uh, let's just hypothetically, Joel, uh, since we're going to be running two rounds before the next podcast, um, who do you see coming out of this bracket? Well, I think uh, I think basketball and threat level midnight meet in the elite eight, and um, I just think basketball is going to be really hard to to be overtaken uh, by anything, um, and I think this. This bracket here is going to have a lot of close matchups. In the first round, we had a lot of blowouts. The only, the closest one was Niagara Koi Pond, and still wasn't that close. 
Um, I think we're going to see a lot tighter matchups here in the second round and, and throughout. Um, but ultimately, I think that uh, I think the basketball gets it done. Okay. Thanks, Joel. Um, so we have officially gotten through every bracket. Um, and here's the thing that I want to do to wrap up. I've, th- this is something about this TV show that has been uh, bothering me for some time. I do not know a good answer uh, to this question, and you might. So I want to ask you this as a way to wrap up our today's conversation on uh, The Office. Um, so season one, Michael Scott, hair, not good. At some point, and I think this was in season two, his hair becomes good. It looked very thin at the top in season one. And I know he was slicking it back. Did he end up, did he use something to regrow hair? Or is he wearing a piece? Or is it just set up differently so it looks better? What do you think? What do you know? Um... I think that it's set up differently and they talk about this in the the office ladies podcast where his hair is like really bad it's really slicked back it looks like he's got plugs on the top of his head yeah it um, looks horrible um and you know I think that maybe in that time frame Michael thought that that I'm trying to play this like like no errors were made like this is just what it was um I think that maybe Michael was like, "Oh, if I if I put plugs in and slick my hair back, it'll look cooler." Um, and it doesn't. Um, it, it makes him look like a jerk. Um, but I think the more that you go throughout the throughout the series, he actually becomes more handsome. Like if you if you if you watch through the series, like in season seven, he's wearing like nice suits, um, and he looks the best that he's looked the whole time. Um, and I think that maybe that's just him. Uh, trying to um not trying to please people actually the opposite so like instead of the first season and second season when he's so insecure and don't get me wrong he's still insecure throughout but he's less and less insecure the more the series goes on um so i think that i think that it's less of him trying and more of just like his natural his natural appearance coming out um so i think in the first season he was just trying so hard that he tried to do more things. He put a lot of gel in his hair. And then the further he went, he did less, and it actually looked better. Those are my thoughts. Yeah. Um, that's that's interesting. Uh, here's my thing. You say he looks more handsome. I, and, and as the show went on, uh, Steve Carell really became a movie star um, as the show True. continued to air, which might have something to do with him becoming more handsome. Um, you know, he's probably dealing with, uh, better stylists and better, um, you know, trainers and and all that type of stuff. So, um, maybe that had something to do with it. Um, all right, Joel, um, I want to ask you one more question, uh, a niche question, if I may. Um, and, uh, this is not about the office. Okay. Uh, but it is about college basketball, which this is a spoof on, okay? So it's kind of uh, topic adjacent. So uh, the Ringer, uh, Ringer NBA tweeted out a question today, who are your top three favorite college hoopers? Um, 
Now, on Michael Likes Pod, uh, I tweeted out J.J. Reddick, Tyler Hansbro, and Shane Foster. I have a different question for you, though. Um, this is niche, so if you're done with this episode, uh, see you later. Give us five-star rating. Thanks um, for listening. But, Joel, here's my question for you. Uh, you have to create a all-time Vanderbilt basketball uh, starting lineup. Uh, okay. Who's who's on who's the starting five? Point guard has to be Mario Moore. Um, Mario Moore, if you hmm. remember, was the tiny point guard. He also traveled and took four steps in the 2003 season against Auburn, um, and they didn't call it. He has that jump shot where he just takes the ball and kind of throws it over his head. Um, so yeah. I think I think Mario Moore has to be the point guard. Um, he's the point guard that I think of when I think of. Vanderbilt Commodores. Um, Interesting. He had that half court buzzer beater against Oregon. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so a lot of a lot of exciting memories with Mario Moore. Also a graduate of Antioch High School. Really, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Fun um, times. Interesting. What a story. Um, cool, cool. So that's that's the point guard. He, he's he's where I start with this. Uh, he's the heart of the team. Um. And you just asked me this on the spot. There was no pre-meeting. I want everybody to know that. There was no, like, this is cold, okay? Um, yeah. This is, so, just, this is straight basketball encyclopedia right here. Right. I think to go to the center position next um, okay. and pick Festus Azili. Yes. Uh, I think that Festus Azili was a dominant center, and he was, he was on a team they uh, – I think they made the round of 32 against Wisconsin as a five seed, and um, they would Should have, have won. Should have won, yeah. Right. John Jenkins a blatant a- push under the basket at the end of that game. That was not right. called. Yeah. On Fessily, the two little little white guys for Wisconsin just grabbed his arm, both his arms, and pushed him underneath the basket. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that's what I – you know, Fessily, he's he was a dominant player. He also has a championship ring with the Golden State Warriors, which I think needs to be mentioned when you say Festus Azili. He um, also cost them a championship ring in 2016. But he got one, so let's not focus <laughs> on that, all right? Um, so th- Underappreciated. He's an, it, I would say we didn't even understand. We knew he was good. We didn't understand how good he was while we had him. Right, right. Um, and a lot of people may say, oh, well, you know, then they got Damian Jones and Damian Jones was better. I, you know, I don't know. Damian, forget um, Damian Jones. Forget Damian Jones, man. He didn't even stick around. He and Wade yeah. Baldwin both. Get out of here. We don't, like, I don't even claim you, man. I don't even claim those guys. Um, all right, Joel, you got three guys left. All right, so that's a point guard in the center. I think power forward, we have to go back to the 03-04 team um, and put Matt Frigi on the list. Um, Matt Frigi, you know, all-SEC, all-American, um, really a great player. Um, and, I, you know, I still have a DVD of that 03-04 team, and I've watched it over and over again. Um, and some good music on that, on that, yeah, uh, some on that DVD. Co- that's where I first heard Coldplay for the first time. Um, so just, I think I think it's probably nostalgia that I put Freegee on there as the four. But when I think about it, you know, if you look at old Vanderbilt's teams, there haven't been a bunch of dominant fours. You know, um, 
Yeah, true. So I think Matt Frigi is, is the best one to put. He's an offensive scorer. Um, so Frigi uh, at the four spot. So that's point guard, the four, and the five. Um, and I think Shane Foster has to be the three. He yes. just has to be. An all-timer. Uh, I think it's worth mentioning Derek Byers is a great player, but um, so Shane you're Foster. So you're not going to put Byers in? No. No, I'm not going to put Byers in. Um, wow. I, I just don't, like for me, I just don't have as many memorable moments from Derek Byers. Um, and I'm not, I don't mean that he's like a bad guy. He's not a bad player. I just like, he's a great player, but Shane Foster, when you're comparing him to Shane Foster for me, it's just not, it's just not, you know, even close. The crazy Um, thing is those guys were on the team at the same time. Yeah. In which we should have made the elite eight. If Jeff green hadn't taken four steps when he hit the game winner and it was not called Jeff green. If you're listening to this, Get out of here. We don't like you. Boo Georgetown. Boo Jeff Green. Yep. Uh it was really frustrating because that was a really good uh a really good Georgetown team. They had uh Roy Hibbert. So um yeah. So that that was really frustrating to see. Um Do you know where we were when that game happened, Joel? We were in a hotel, uh, probably we, in Ohio. We were in Corpus Christi, Texas. Okay. Yeah. But we were that, still in a hotel room, right? That was the year we went to San Antonio to uh, yes. the regional. Yes. Uh, we saw Greg Oden play live. Mm-hmm. We saw Mike Conley play live. Um, AC Law. AC Law. Uh, uh, Kenny Lofton for the Tennessee fans out there. Didn't we see uh, Chris Douglas Roberts too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chris Douglas Roberts was there. Yeah. That was a good regional. Um, yeah. That was it awesome. Was a little, it, was like, it was a couple years before Derrick Rose, unfortunately, but. Right. It was awesome. Yeah. Still a good list of coaches, though. Uh, Cal Perry and... Uh, Matt... Oh. Uh, Rick Barnes. Yeah. I almost said Matt Barnes. But no, Rick, Rick Barnes. Barnes wasn't there yet. Rick Barnes Texas, coached at Texas. No, Texas was in that regional, weren't they? Or were no, they not? it no. was... It was Ohio State, Memphis, Texas A&M, and Tennessee. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but... Yeah, that was awesome. That was best spring break ever. Um, definitely better than this one for sure. Um, but yeah, those were good times. What were we talking about before we okay, got on that? You have one guy left, and I think it, I know who it was going to be. Okay. So it leaves me with a shooting guard, right? I'm missing the shooting guard. Well, if you believe that basketball is not positionless, yeah. Okay. So here's the thing I'm stuck between three players. One of them is very obvious, okay? Yeah, the best, I would the, think so. The best shooting guard in Vanderbilt history is John Jenkins, okay? Amen. Period. Um, he's an incredible shooter. John Jenkins. Um, but if I am filling out my team, you know, I would be very, very, very tempted to put Saban Lee on the team. Look Look at wow. the crap that he has wow. had to deal with the past two years. And he's still dropping 40. He dropped 40 in a loss. I mean, can we... I mean, that's horrible. Like, I just don't think he can... I, like, he's not even qualified for this, in my opinion, just because his, the teams have sucked so badly. But that's not his fault. Like, to I mean, me, whose fault if, is it? He has. He has one more year. If he sticks around through his senior year... 
that is what being an ultimate Vanderbilt player is to me. John Jenkins left early. Yeah, to go play in the summer league for the next 10 years. Exactly. He was in summer league last year, and he's 27 years old. Or exactly. Or something like that. Oh, wait, no. So, he, yeah, he's even older than that, and he was in summer yeah, league last year. I'm pretty sure he's like 30. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's like 20. He's three years older than me because he went to station camp. But, yeah, he's, he's like 29. So, anyway, I just think that Saban Lee should be rewarded for the crap that he's put up with. Um, so, I'd be very tempted to put him on there. And also, very deep cut here, okay? I love deep cuts. Dan Cage. Can we just uh, take a moment <laughs> to honor Cage. Dan Cage? Um, yeah. He was a freshman on the 03, 03, 04 season. He played a great role. Um, he's the best shooter on the on the team. Um, and like his teams had more success than John Jenkins' teams did. Um, so I think that I think that throwing a little Dan Cage there, um, you know, could be could be a good situation. Um, but ultimately, I'm going to put John Jenkins on my team just because he's John Jenkins. Um, so my starting five would be Mario Moore, John Jenkins, Shane Foster, Matt Frege, and Festus Azili. Um, so that's a good, there that's you a go. good squad right there. Um, I'd just like to uh, honorable mention uh, Riley Lachance and also uh, Corey Smith, Russell Lakey. Yeah. Brad. Uh, not Brad, uh, uh, dang it. I can't honorable mention if I can't remember his name. I'd like to honorable mention Dijon Parker. Um, and Luke uh, Cornette. Can we talk about Luke Cornette for a second? Luke Cornette, yeah. NBA I mean, player Luke Cornette. Yeah, he would be my second center. I mean, like, literally last year he started for the Knicks. That's well, like a that's, huge. That's not saying anything. Hey, hey, he, he'll be good. Like, he's, he's a real NBA player. Um, Maybe the best NBA prospect ever to come out of Andy. So, who knows? Also, honorable mention to Alex Gordon um, and Jason Holwerda. All Jason right. Holwerda, yeah. That, That's a, that is about as, as deep of a cut as you can get uh, Vanderbilt basketball-wise. Yeah. I don't know. What's, um, the deep, what's the deepest cut you can get? Um... Dude, I don't know. That might be it. Uh, Dan Cage is pretty good. Um, yeah, that is a deep cut. You know, I'm not going to say Cleveland Brown. That's silly. Um, <laughs> he's still but, on the team, uh, too. He's still so on the team. You can't. He's not really that deep of a cut yet. Yeah. Um, or A.J. Ogilvy. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest letdown ever as a Vanderbilt basketball fan AJ was when AJ Ogilvy was on the team. He was he, everybody thought he was so good. We got this guy from Australia, he's seven foot, and then we got beat by Siena by like thirty. I mean, come on, come yeah. on, AJ Ogilvy, uh, you suck. Yeah, uh, some other deep cuts. Uh, Steve Chang Gang. <laughs> Also, oh uh, actual honorable mention to Jeffrey Taylor. Oh, yeah. He was yeah, a good player. player. I thought about putting him in in my three, but yeah. Um, he's not Shane Foster or Derek Byers level, but he was he was a great player for us. Yeah. I we, mean, that won run, the S, we won the SEC tournament with him. 
Yeah, him and Jenkins and Azili. Those were good. Those were good years as a Vanderbilt fan. Yeah, the the years that those three guys overlapped and the years that uh, Byers and Foster uh, overlapped were awesome. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Joel. Um, if you're still listening, uh, shout out to you because that was some uh, old school stuff. So, anyways. Um, we will be posting uh, the Twitter polls for your voting purposes um, in the next 24 hours. Over the next 24 hours for uh, the Sweet 16, um, we will tweet out the winners, and then we will put some more polls out uh, to get us down to a Final Four. Uh, so go ahead and follow uh, the Twitter, at MichaelLikesPod, or uh, follow Joel. Or um, me, I'm sure we'll be retweeting them. Um, so thank you so much uh, for tuning in today. It means the world. Uh, Joel, do you have anything else to say? No, that's it, man. Uh, just anchor down and uh, go vote in our polls. Anchor down, baby. Anchor down. Okay. Y'all take care. Take it easy. Um, please keep washing your hands. Please keep... Uh, limiting uh your social interactions uh you're the real heroes for staying in um joel gets a co-producer credit for today uh, as he helped me understand how we could do this remotely so big ups to him um y'all thank you so so much uh for your time um and joining with me and joel today as we get to talk about stuff that we like um and uh it's been really really fun so i will talk to you soon uh final four podcast will be coming out in the next week so thank you so so much make sure and vote all right y'all take care bye